You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. I am your host for today, Alan. And on this podcast, we discuss hot topics in the sports landscape. But before we get started, we're going to go ahead and get started with our grateful moment. Evan, what are you grateful for this week? So I'm grateful um, that at the end of last week, I completed my chapter four for my dissertation and I have my rough draft for chapter five completed. So I'm excited about um, the possibility of just being finished. Hey, look, I hate, well, in high school, I didn't like writing papers, but then my senior year in high school at East Med, Dr. not Dr. Hazard, Mr. Hazard made it easy for us to write papers. And then people made it easier in college. So you're almost at the end. Just just keep moving along, man. It's going to come to a great end. Phil, what are you grateful for this week? Hey, Evan, congratulations. That's his PhD. Soon we have to call him Dr. Willis who has a sucky team he follows, you know, the evil Eagles and the destructive 76s. But other than that, congratulations. <laughs> I am grateful that my daughter surprised me, surprised us and came and hung out. And when we had family worship, it was nice to see her on the other side of the chair. We singing songs and we got a little digress while we worship. We were singing and talking and we ended up talking about many things. I was, I just sat back and saw my, my beautiful ladies, my wife, and my three daughters sitting down in the room. So those moments, are precious to just have you know your family so i thank god for my family and my friends this podcast and all those who participate in it um day in day out so i'm really grateful for that i appreciate everyone there and um what's up belgium charlotte philadelphia um uh, our russian uh, followers our belgium rough followers yes we do <laughs> st petersburg i believe that's a, a um, so I want to thank you for listening and supporting us and um, more episodes to come. Keep sharing and liking. Shout out to family. And Kelvin, what are you grateful for this week? What's up? What's going on, everybody? I got a bittersweet grateful moment. I'm grateful that we allowed to do things like this um, on a podcast and talk about things, just having fun, things that we love, our hobbies. Um, but, you know, this bit, bitter part of it is, you know, the Ukraine and Russia thing. Um, I'm just sad for those folks out there that's uh, in the middle of this conflict because of people in power, um, you know, dictating the lives of um, young men, young women. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I'm happy to have the opportunity we have, you know, where we just can do things freely. But I'm looking at my brothers and sisters over there and I'm hoping, to, hoping for a change and I'm hoping for the best for the outcome. Same, same. Me and my mother and my cousins actually having that conversation about it yesterday. And it's just, it's sad to see, man, especially when you have innocent civilians who get caught in a crossfire that they don't really, they know what's going on, but they don't really know what's really going on. So prayers to those individuals involved over there in the Ukraine. And I am grateful for my Pittsburgh Steelers have Brian Flores as a senior assistant, defensive assistant for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So shout out to Mike Tomlin for 
hooking the brother up. Brian Flores wasn't exactly looking for a job. He just was just calling Coach Tomlin for counsel, and it turned out to be a job. So shout out to them and our host to our linebacking core will be better this year. So that's what I'm grateful for. I'll be chairing for Pittsburgh until they play in Philly. That was a good move by Pittsburgh. I like that. Definitely. I will be rooting for Pittsburgh now. They've got something right. Two will be Phil. Your team sucks. Right. <laughs> That's why I'll be rooting for other teams because we're going to stink. But it's okay. New York will rebound again. And Phil. and I would like to say this. Blind Forest, I was listening to his interview. I am the athlete. The Giants are the biggest fool. This dude, I'm sorry, I will digress. This dude, you know what he'll do? When they won a game called Victory Monday, he gave every staff $100. Every week they won. Every staff. He had a $100 cast, each person. Could you imagine the morale and the, and, and the, and the, and the and connect energy that would have been developed? And, and that dude is a winner. And I think Tomlins is just setting up for his predecessor. When he decides to walk away, I think he's going to take over. The Giants, you are such a fool, such a fool, such a fool. That's all I have to say. I apologize, Alan. The Giants stink. Yeah, because, Phil, ever since I think I've only seen what less than a handful of losing seasons by Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's how that's how bad the Giants are but let's go ahead and get started into our NBA episode today we have a very interesting episode uh, just to go ahead and get started ESPN released their top 10 from the NBA 75 team and I'll just quickly call them out Michael Jordan LeBron James Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Oscar Robertson, and Kobe Bryant. And there was no way that we was not going to talk about this list. So my question is, how do you feel about the list? Do you have gripes about the list? Like, talk to me. Like, what's going on? I mean, we all, we all, I think we all going to have some gripes with the list. Um the, the final list, um, I just felt like it was kind of crazy um, that you don't have Shaq on the list. Um, I'm, I'm piecing out Oscar Roberts. Oscar, uh, Oscar Robertson, yeah. I'm getting rid of him. Um, and he's going to go from 11 to 20, probably 11 to 15 area. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that um, Shaq belongs on the list. And I think I would scramble the order too, but I'm not gonna go too hard, no too far on this. I'm gonna let um let everybody else get in. Let me. I know. I thought you was giving more analytical list, Kelvin, because you're a basketball guy. You can't just say Shaq. The one Tim Duncan, love Tim Duncan, great player, great power forward. Yes, I'm bitter. He needs to go outside. You high? Oh, you're high. Okay, he thanks. needs to go outside. Right. Ten. I don't care. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant is, is to me a better influence and impact on the game than than Tim Duncan. This right? isn't about I'm, influence, Phil. Let me stop Phil, it right there. Game yeah. accolades, same amount. Chip. Tim Duncan has Tim Duncan. How many bomb MVPs Tim Duncan has? One, two, I think. Five. Oh, just eight, eight. Oh, three. You got, you yes, got, three. You got three. Three. MVPs. That so oh, that makes him number eleven. That makes him number eleven. And yes, I'm. That he, makes has five, five, he has five finals, bro. 
yeah, five finals. Congratulations, that makes him eleven. Uh, <laughs> okay, Kobe so Bryant, first, okay, what's your, what's your case for Kobe? What's your case for Kobe being ahead ahead of Tim Duncan? Kim, um, his influence and impact in the game, his ability to win with two no, sets no, no, of people. No, no. You're, you're saying vague things. You're like saying things like he's I love able you. to Why? win Why? MVP. Is his shooting? He changed the dynamics of Kobe the has game. One MVP. Kobe has a, and a Finals MVP. He has a regular season versus how many? How many Finals MVP does Tim have? Tim had five, right? No, so he, got four, three. he got three final MVPs. Three. I, I, that does not qualify for him. How many awards did Kobe Bryant have? Rest his soul. Kobe got two final How many MVPs. awards named after him? No, no, what is the oh, word? No, 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 no. You can't use that in, in, in the justification. They named an award after him because, obviously, Kobe Bryant has died. If Kobe Bryant is alive today, the award's not named after him, period. That's how big influence he is. That's Bill, how big influence he is. Bill, you gotta, you gotta have some better reasoning right now, bro. Eighteen All-Star, nine awards, five championships. So does so does so does Duncan have five championships? Their accolades um, are are about the are pretty much the same. They're they're really they're really about the same. Like there's nothing that you can tell me to where it's like, oh, he should be way above. Like, dude. Come on, like if you really, if you really put their resume side by side, they are the equivalent. The only mm-hmm. thing that may be a difference between each other might be, and then I'm only saying might because I haven't checked because I'm just going off the top. It's probably more points for Kobe. That might be of it. Yes, that is correct. That exactly. But at the same time. Tim Duncan has been a model of consistency throughout his what 18, 19 years in the league. So we cannot diminish. Along with more elite MVPs than Kobe. He got wait a minute. Tim Duncan has two MVPs. Yes. Two. Kobe has one. So the league MVPs hold a lot of weight in this debate because it's an individual accolades. You know, you couple that with, with, with uh team accolades for championships, and that's where they're tired at, you know. And then you talk about all defensive teams. They both they both won a lot of those. All NBA teams, they both won a lot of those. So like Allen was saying, I'm not kicking Tim out the top 10 when his numbers is, is very comparable. Even some will argue even better than Kobe's numbers overall. No. So you don't take him away. You could take somebody else out of here. I mean, but I don't I don't know if you're gonna take take Timmy out the top 10. Sure. Bye, not. Timmy. Bye, Kobe, Timmy. For Kobe's first three championships, and this is gonna be held against him, the MVP. Was Shaquille O'Neal. He was the most dominant force that carried them to where they were. So you have to take the consideration. had David Robinson. He still has three finals MVPs. Three finals MVPs. And the first one, as a in 99, he was finals MVP over your Knicks. That's why I don't like him. Uh, Okay. Thank (laughs) you for introducing that to the conversation. Your own bias. (laughs) DQ'd. (laughs) I'm telling you, I always say something is behind the scene. And to this day, somebody has something to do with Marcus Camby's sister was kidnapped. I hope she's doing well. I don't want to bring up all wounds. They would have took him in. Something happened. So, but they had two, they had David Robinson and Tim Duncan. All right. So Tim and 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 to be fair, Tim Duncan played with Hall of Famers, right? He played with Hall of Famers. He played with how many Hall of Famers in his career? Kobe didn't. Kobe played with only two. Shaq. 
and Paul Gasol. That's it. Oh, he didn't play with Carmelo? Did he play Paul, with Gary Payton? Did he win? Did he result in the win? I'm talking about that winning. Team underachieved. There's a difference. They were they were picked to win the championship. They didn't win it. Just like this Lakers this year, they were picked to win the championship, and, and they didn't beat the team that knocked that Lakers team out the finals. And he just no, 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 the he just played. He played with a top ten all time player. <laughs> Kobe. Top Shaq 10, is not, top ten not, all time. Not going to this list. Not going to this I list. A, I have to ask <laughs> this question: With Shaq having three finals MVPs, do you not find it awkward that he might be the only player in, in the NBA, according to ESPN, to have three finals and not be in the top ten? Like, does anybody not find that weird? Well, I mean, Shaquille, Shaquille should definitely be in the list. I mean, I, I'm sorry, Oscar Robinson. I respect you're the triple-double man. But guess what? Russell Westbrook has done that now. Yeah. Russell Westbrook ain't a top ten player. Never will be. Yeah, so, no. I mean... I, I felt like that was intentional slight to Shaq. And I think maybe they're, I think one, when they make these lists, let's be honest, they intend to step controversy over it. I, yeah. For life, I don't understand how Oscar Robinson is in there. I'm going to add this as well. And this is no shade to Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and those guys. Love them, respect them. But I also think we have to have a conversation about the value of those 10 championships that the, the Celtics won. Because the dynamics of the league were vastly different. It was a much smaller league back then. So, yes, he had 10 straight championships. Yes, there is a lot of dominance. Yes, he was a player coach. I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the list. But my question really is, um, are there other players who should be in the top 10 that are pushed out because of the legacy of 10 championships? if we're going to go based upon championships a championship is a championship if you play one-on-one with your sons and you beat them all we would say hey your kids are small 14 uh nine uh seven and six around that's the ages and you play them and you beat them what we're going to say the dynamics of the game because you were older and more specific it is a win is a win we cannot bring down the fact that all belittle the 11 championships. It was the era he played, he played. But do I still think that he's still top 10? I would say yes, right? And Bill Russell would tell you to this day, each one is, if y'all played against me, I would destroy you. And then he doesn't say such a kind words. So I understand what you're saying. I will actually do this. You know who, who, who needs to be on the list? I would take out Larry Bird and put a KD. And, and I will take out Oscar, Oscar Robinson and put in Shaq, right? I would do that. Um, Kareem is the right place. I think Kareem should be a little higher. We want to crown LeBron now. I'm not ready to do that. Nobody, nobody on this top 10 list is currently playing. I think LeBron is a great player, but let's, let's evaluate his career after he's finished, right? And this list is after he's finished. So, but, but Phil, you just talked about adding KD. KD, yeah. KD's, come on, KD's KD. Listen, what I'm saying is you just said LeBron is too early to put it on the list. Number two, to put number two. I mean, number two, to put number two. Put LeBron number two. I would add Lily, and then Kelvin, I agree. I would have put Kareem number two, right? Where's Kevin Durant going? I mean, how many MVPs? Number seven. How many league MVPs Durant Durant have? One. 
one yeah one but you know what he does that for sure one clown foot on that line <laughs> we can't <laughs> this you, listen and we also have to do the uh, eye Durant test don't need to be in that we got to do the eye test who i ain't putting the in here right now i think wow. i think we can call mike mike crack that list before said uh i think steph curry um he might crack that list i you know i, I think here's the thing though here's what i think is always gonna be held against steph curry the fact that he is zero finals MVPs. yeah Yes, he has two. He, first of all, he's the first unanimous MVP. And he has the second MVP, correct? He has the MVP. Um, I think I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Steph, Steph, I mean, Steph, Steph might have two. He got two, two or three. Yeah, he got, two, got two, two, two MVPs. Two MVPs. Okay. He has three NBA championships. And, and, and he was on, from a record perspective, the greatest team of, of all time, from a record perspective. Um, but that team lost in the finals to LeBron James. Um, right, right. But I'm only saying that based on his career still going on. Right. He has possibility that he can enter it. And I would say the same thing for like Giannis and even possibly uh KD. Those three, I think, have a chance to crack the list, but I'm not I'm not sure I'm taking any any of them, anybody out the list currently, um, for any of those three right now. The only person I'll take out currently. Is Oscar Robinson and Shaquille O'Neal? LeBron James is going to be top five. Period. So I, I don't, agree with I, that. I'm not mad because his accolades that he have right now warrant him being on the top in the top five. I don't agree with number two, but I might put him at number three because his resume, you know, his resume is is, is self-explanatory. Right. Like you agree with me? Thank you. What you, that, agree with me. In the top Thank five? You. No, you said he should be out of the list or something. No, Dude. I said he should be not top five, not two. Two. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't put him. I don't want to put him at two yet because I I think Kareem, Kareem numbers, Kareem. I would still put at two for right now. I that's why I agree. You agree with me? That's why I said. No luck, problem. Good it's luck, not the first time I agree with you. Good luck, <laughs> good luck, Kelvin. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't make you change your mind anytime soon. No, yo, he's good for it, man. He's good. <laughs> for it. I'm telling you, I hey, I do agree. Shaq should be there. Um, Oscar could leave. Larry Bird. I'm pushing Larry Bird down too. I'm pushing Larry Bird down. Thank and you. No, no, the question is, are you putting Larry Bird out of the top ten? Or are you pushing no, him down in the list? No, I'm pushing him down in the list. I'm, 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 I'm juggling the list. I'm putting Kobe. I like Kobe in front of Larry. So Larry might go down and Kobe move up. But Kobe's still not moving past Tim for me. That Well, you just moved them if you moved them down. To, so you agree both, with me I again. Both, I can move both players. You, nope, still too late. You him. agree with me again. No, no, Thank Phil, you. Phil, 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 Phil. You can move both players. <laughs> you agree with me again. Again, the guy who beat my Knicks in 99. And I think DeSanto, you, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say they tanked on purpose to get him, but. Anyway, um, wasn't Dave Robinson injured that year? Yeah. No, Dave, Dave Robinson, no, Patrick Ewing was injured. No, the year before, the year before when they drafted, yeah, him, yeah, and when they miraculously tank and didn't know how to play basketball, and yeah, anyway, that was okay, it's all right, I, I got over it. Yeah, so, I'm gonna just keep my comments on this to myself, I just let y'all have it. It's nothing, why? it's nothing that I don't disagree with. So it's no purpose of like reiterating everything. I mean, 
Look, I was looking up Oscar Robertson's uh, accolades. He got some nice accolades. I just think the fact that he only has one championship is pretty much going to be the reason to why I would probably push him to like 11. How many, how many league MVPs does Oscar had? Uh, he has, I just had it up. He has one. One? Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't really care about All-Star, but he has 11 all NBAs. And to me, that's saying you were the best player at your position, one of the best players at your position for 11 years. So I would probably slot him to like 11. So I think he's going, I think he might, he might, he might uh, lose some ground eventually. We're talking Oscar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oscar is not probably not a top 20 player. Top twenty? It's probably not top twenty all time. I'm saying based upon not. I'm not talking about his ability, but based upon his accolades, there are guys who have more accolades than Oscar Robinson. Mm, I'm looking well, at yeah. so he's a six-time assist champion, eleven uh, time All NBA, Rookie of the Year, one MVP, one MVP, a championship, twenty-five, seven and a half, and about ten. I don't know. I don't know. I got to look at the list. I don't know if I'm going to find 20 over him, but I don't, I know I found 10. Rookie of the year. I feel like we could have transitioned this topic into talent versus accolades because I feel like there's a lot of people who confuse the two, but we could probably say that for another day because there's a, there's no way Kyrie is a top, not a top 75. He's a top 75 talent, but my man has only scored 13,000 points in a t- in like 11 years. So how are you going to be on that list? Easy. That's a story just, for just another day. Just like Bill Walton, he should be on the list. Bill Injuries. Bill Walton played 58 games and won MVP. <laughs> but, but, but Kyrie's overrated in, in my mind. No, he's not. And, and here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. You watched last night game? <laughs> That's not don't matter. Here's what I'm saying. Has Kyrie proven he can be the best player on an NBA contender. Yeah, he who was the best player when they won took that last shot? Remember, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron was the best player, but he or he became point guard, became the facilitator. I, you have to James get the, the best player on that team. No ands, ifs, or buts about okay. That. You know what? LeBron James was the best player on the team. He knows how you utilize talent around him, he knows how to get the best out of people. Right, and he, he was able the, to capture the, the best. The, you know, he led everything. He led all statistical categories for both teams, right? Yes, LeBron James. So that's not even like it's not even a conversation to have. He was yeah, really not. Points. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that you could really say Kyrie was the best at was just being the best closer. That was best closer yeah, of I, that I particular that, game. Phil. That's yeah. that's the only thing I would actually say. All right, I, I will, I will, I, I will concur on that. He is the Thank best closer. But, no, I'm thinking because when he was in Cleveland, his younger years, he got injured a lot, so he never had the opportunity to really show. Well, well that casting stunk. That casting stunk too. They just weren't winning. The difference is like even when he was healthy, he would put up stats. We, like some people who put up stats, they don't win. And say so even look at the Celtics situation. That first year, he had something special going. Right. And he then injured. he came back, and he—I I don't know why he did what he did when he came back. Like the team had something special, 
And I think he felt like he was now being pushed off center. They brought in Gordon Hayward, all that stuff. They tried to build around him. But then, you know, eventually he just left Celtics. He just, it just didn't work, right? And then as soon he as he leaves, they are, I mean, they... They fell up, they, they were not the same. Listen, when he left, they were, if they didn't choke in that Eastern Conference Finals, because they were supposed to go to the championship at the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat, but they, they stumbled. I mean, that, that, that Celtics team, without him, has advanced to, without him, the Conference Finals twice with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, but where was Kyrie? Kyrie was there on the bench with them, right? For the first one. The second one, he was gone. Okay, the first one. So I think his ex- his experience, him leading and helping them, but they got full of themselves. If you listen, I listened to So Jason now Tatum. we're blaming Jason Tatum and Jason explained. He said to himself, they said there was young, they, they, um, Jason Tatum uh, was on um, JJ Reddick um, podcast, and he said himself, they were young. They were, they were, they thought this was supposed to happen. They were ready to take the hem. They didn't understand, but they were just young, dumb, kind of like Memphis. Memphis is a young team who just want to play, but they didn't have the experience. And I experience. would say Memphis at least has the experience now. They've been to the playoffs, like, what, twice now? Twice, twice. Actually, yeah. almost every year, Ja was there. Yeah, so. And that's, is- see, that's, that's my point. Ja Moran, right. there are players who, who put up stats, mm-hmm. and there are players that make you a winner. I agree. I think Kyrie's a player that makes you a winner. I think Kyrie primarily is a player that puts up stats. And then they happen to win. <laughs> Kyrie is a great a, player beside him. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie's a Kyrie's a great complimentary piece. Mm-hmm. Would you see what Kyrie is? He's a guy that's phenomenal as far as the skill set. Correct. But the problem Kyrie has is his skill set doesn't translate to making people around him better. Mm-hmm. And I agree. that's his problem. So so he looks good, but he doesn't control the tempo of the game. He doesn't affect it defensively either. See, like somebody like Chris Paul is going to score the ball. He's going to make sure everybody is, is flying at a high level on his team. Where Kyrie is making sure his team is scoring and he's flying at a high level, but he's not, he's not putting that, he's not putting that, putting his team in position where everybody's is functioning on a high level. And I think that's the reason why he didn't, he wasn't successful as a 1A because a 1A needs to control the team. And Kyrie's not a guy that controls the team. He makes himself look great because, you know, his game is built upon Kyrie with oohs and eyes and making tough shots and everything like that. But him by himself, I don't think he's ever going to get that 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 same respect as those guys that we mentioned or that we're in the conversation right now. For eh. sure, for sure. Eh. But let's go ahead and transition. <laughs> Speaking Goodbye, of CP, Harris. <laughs> I'm dead. Hater, boy, you a hater. <laughs> Speaking of CP3, uh, it was reported last week before the All-Star game that CP3, I forgot what his injury was. It was, it was a, thumb in, thumb. a thumb injury. Um, some funky word that they use for a thumb. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not a medical expert. But he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. Uh, my question is, do you believe that CP3's injury coming down these last stretch of games. I'm not sure how many games they have left, so it's probably somewhere in between 22 to 20 games left. Do you think that this injury will have an impact going down the stretch of this regular season? It will definitely have an impact, right? But I believe, and I could be wrong here, but I believe that CP3 has taught this Suns team how to play to win. So I think, you know, it'll have an impact. 
But I think after his last year, he showed them how to make wit become a winning team. And so even though he's absent, his presence will still be felt with them. So I mean, they may fall down the standings a little bit, but they will still be in the place to contend for a championship. Uh, come See, Evans is listening to me. I agree the same way. He is the coach on and off the floor. Two different he things, has... two different things. Two different... No, no, no. Same, same thing. No, no time into you. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's been listening to the old man. CP3, and I have to give him credit. He went to the best coach in the NBA. Remember I said this in the bubble, right? I don't even want to talk about basketball, but I have to to be on this show right now. I prefer to move because my team stink, but I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Credit is due. Y'all recall, I stated Monty Williams is the best coach in the NBA. When he had those Phoenix Suns in the bubble, ramping up and going undefeated. From then on, play CP3. I don't believe CP3 has missed a playoff in his career. If probably or one or twice, once, maybe once when he was injured so far. His influence on the team, he has that dog mentality, and he pushes his team forward. I agree with you. you he has his team trained, prepared to go all the way this year. And his injury, I don't think they're right now currently, I think, six game lead in the West. Yep. And about 20 games, 20, 21 games left. I don't think they're going to fall. I think they're still going to be on all cylinders. And I, I think they're going to be ready. So CP3 has his team, and his image, and Booker is a – Booker did – I don't understand why people disrespect Booker. This dude is lethal. This dude is lethal. This dude is not messing with Kardashian this year. He's not doing that. His game is up. This dude is lethal. And they have everything running out all cylinders. Unlike the Knicks, when you generally bring back the same team, they have great chemistry. Chemistry, They know what they're doing. They know how each other game. And you may add one, two pieces. So I don't think they're going to fall. I think they're going to continue to go straight forward and continue to go up. I do see him losing probably two or three extra games because CP3 is not there. But it's not going to uh, relinquish the first seed. I think they're going to remain the first seed. Over six to eight weeks? Yeah, I think they're going to okay. remain. I was going to ask that question. I was going to ask that question later on. So remember, remember Monty Williams had that team go undefeated in the bubble. Yeah, he's so, still talking different, about different bubble. circumstances, Phil. <laughs> he's yeah. still talking about listen. All right, so this 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 the take I have on this one, right? Um, I think I agree uh pretty much with Evan and Phil said as far as CP3 establishing a culture, right? But establishing a culture does not take away the fact that that man will not be playing. And him not playing is going to affect this team. Not only, not only will it affect his team. So he gave his team a good cushion. I, I'll even, I'll even uh, concede to that. He, he gave his team a good cushion, cushion. But I don't think they're going to have the top seed if he's out six to eight weeks, number one. Uh, number two, we got to understand that CP3 traditionally uh, has injuries. You know, he comes up with these injuries. We forgot because he had that championship run, but he has always had an injury play career. Um, so that's a problem in itself, too, because we don't even know if CP3 is going to recover fully off this hand. Six to eight weeks, that's what we say. But how is he going to recover 
when he comes back. That's very important to the success of the Suns. So for me, it's a big question mark. He affects his team so much, and the Suns will not be the same team without CP3 because they got cats like uh, Cameron Payne and and I think Alfred uh, Payton. These guys are not Chris Paul, not, not even close. I would say, I, I would say, mm, it's what today is. Well, I was about to say February 28th, but it's 27. Um, so we're talking about a month. So you're talking about literally he might come back mm, maybe right before the season ends. And that's a hard on the maybe. I would probably say this as the season gets closer and closer, especially probably once we get to the middle of March, I would see that the Suns and the Warriors are going to be battling for first place. They're they're going to be they're going to be battling. I don't think I don't think it's going to be easier. Now I will say this: the pace for the Suns will be faster with CP3 out because CP3, he's going to control the flow. He may pick it up, but normally when campaign and you got these younger players with Alfred Payton as well, they're going to be pushing that pace. So their pace is going to be a lot different with CP3 out. Now I'm just going to be curious and I've already seen the stat and heard the stat that with CP3 and Devin Booker, they're like number one when it comes to clutch points in the fourth quarter. Now with CP3 out, you still got Devin Booker, but let's just say Devin Booker falls out. Like who else are you leaning on? You know what I'm saying? Like in situations like that, like they still play together as a team, but I do think they may have an experience with a few rough patches um, just to, readjust because that's always that's always the case when we see players go out and then come back in the answer your point real quick alan real quick uh that's your point we got to realize too especially in that fourth quarter segment you're talking about devin booker has a trust with cp3 right to make sure that he puts the ball in his hands at the right time what i've seen devin booker in the past when he didn't have that person that he trusts he begins to handle the ball a lot more so it's not the same Devin Booker when he has to do so much. CP3 can take a lot of pressure off of Devin Booker. Now the pressure is not off of Devin Booker. So I don't know if Devin Booker is going to look the same without CP3. So that's something you got we got to look for too when we talk about clutch moments and, and the person understanding the tempo of the game like Chris Paul that can that can make things easier for Booker right? instead of him having stress. But, yeah, I, I'm just trying to add to that point you was making. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's just gonna be interesting to see. Like I just think without like a normal, I can't say that the way that the league is now because it's the league that the pace is faster. But just having that player, like Kevin was saying, to like dictate pace. Like if you want to go fast, you can go fast. But I mean, I I haven't checked. But as long as that turnover to assist ratio is low they might be okay but again when the game gets tight we're going to see what happens because I think that's really what it's going to start boiling down to especially as you get closer to the playoffs because it comes more about 
how are you able to handle certain situations? I'm not questioning Monty's ability to put players in situations. I'm questioning more of the execution of how players do it. And without Chris Paul in the game in certain moments, they're going to have to learn now, what are we going to do in this situation? So it's just going to be something to see. But let's go ahead and transition to our last topic. I know we were talking about injuries this last this last two segments, but this is fine because to me, this is actually funny. So back earlier this week, J.J. Reddick was on first tape with Stephen A. And J.J. Reddick called out Zion because C.J. McCollum said on his podcast, since he was traded, he hasn't heard from Zion. J.J. Reddick says, yo, you're looking like a bad teammate right now. There is no reason for you not to have reached out to C.J. McCollum, who's supposed to be on your team, and y'all supposed to be a somewhat duos slash trilogy with Brandon Ingram. So, like, you're not you're not looking like a good teammate right now. So all of the sudden, Zion Williamson has been posting these clips on his Instagram, <laughs> making him look like a a good teammate and my question is do y'all think zion was bullied into into doing this because at this point <laughs> it's looking kind of sad yo oh yeah of course he was bullied into it um i mean i think first of all the media the media oftentimes spends a lot of narratives adds things to what's really going on but i'm sure his camp was telling him hey man you need to go you know kind of squash this squash this uh, early and not let it get out of hand. Um, but I also want to highlight something just, just in passing. It has nothing to do with it, but everything to do with Zion. Uh, people need to get off the Sixers fans. Uh, they The New Orleans Pelicans uh, sent a um, float down the oh, street. Oh, I saw that. They signed Williamson. Um, one ton. One ton. They nicknamed him One Ton. So, you know, you know, we Sixers have been in blame for Fans about the health, but it seems like fans in general seem to be hard on their fans, on their players. Listen, I'm gonna this. Let me tell you a story. When I was growing up, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is story time with Phil. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I was growing up in my youth, we, I would, I know now I am baptized, cleansed. And, and, and live a different life. But before I met Christ into my life, I used to hang out in the neighborhood and we would say bad words, right? Like H-E double hockey stick and the D-A-M and you put the last letter. And then when we say adults, we would shape up, won't use any profanity or bad words. We would help them with the grocery in the neighborhood, right? We would say hi, good morning, all right? And we would interact with them. And once the adults move away, we would go back into our saying our bad words and our fantasies and talk how we want to. This generation, I have to constantly remind my children. Now, my children are, I have 18, a 16, and a 14-year-old. Um, uh, I have to constantly remind them, did you say hi? Did you talk to someone? Did you acknowledge that person? Have you been seen? So I'm going to blame this to, to charge his, his heart, charge his head, not his heart. Zion is a young man. You know, he used to, he grew up in the spotlight. 
Um, I'm not excusing, but sometimes you have to understand the behavior. And I just believe that he was just reminded to say hi. Like I tell my children, did you say hi to, to Evan? Did you say hi to Kelvin? Did you say hi to Alan? You know, and I know it was my, 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 my middle child who wouldn't say hi to nobody until she felt like she known you. It may take two or three years before she say hi. You know, she had a, she had somewhat. a, she had a trust you. It's almost like my father on the lowest of keys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. So I think Zion is just a young man who, 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 who's um, just didn't know who's focused on his injury. Um, and, and, and he was just reminded, you know, reminded by, by a, a, a senior, a person who's in the game. And how many people on that team is really a senior on the, on the Pelicans who, who Zion trusts, who could communicate to him? The, the, I don't think there's any veterans on that team. Everyone is gone. They trade them off, right? So there's no one there to kind of guide him and so forth. So was he bully? I'm not going to say bully. I'm going to say he was reminded this is your duties, right? Especially from a vet, J.J. Redick was reminding him, hey, this is your job as a do, uh, as a, as the face of the franchise. So I'm not going to charge his charge his heart. I'm going to charge his head. And and um, I'm just going to remind because when Zion comes to New York... <laughs> <laughs> so we take them all come on we need stars but other than that i'm gonna say honestly it was just a he probably so focused on his injury and disappointed it's, and players have said one of the gruesome part of playing a professional athlete is injuries and overcoming injuries and i, I just believe he was so focused on that and remember he was growing up in the spotlight from he was like 16 and so forth totally different realm so I'm not gonna charge him his heart. I'm just gonna charge his head. Um, this this one I is I don't know if everybody's thinking, I don't know what people are thinking, but for me watching Zion so far, watching him in high school, watching him in college, of course, seeing seeing him play in the NBA. Um for me, this is not this is not egregious like we trying to make it. I feel I feel like this is who Zion is. So, so take some blame as an organization. You're trying to force him into a role to be the alpha leader, and he wouldn't even accept that role on Duke. So for us, all of a sudden thinking that this guy is this mature leader, or he ever was wanted to be the top dog and the leader, is not true. On, on his high school, on his college team, it was R.J. Barrett that led Duke, even though that Zion had it again. I mean, it's the truth. Even though Zion yeah. had the most talent, no. um, R.J. Barrett, he, he does. He, he's a phenomenal athlete, uh, can, can control the game in different ways. Um, but the expectation for us is that Zion is going to be the same type of leader. And that's just not fair for him because he's being who he is. So nobody has a problem with nobody else on a roster from, from 2 to 15 reaching out to McCullum. It's not a problem there. The problem is when Zion doesn't do it, but you guys are trying to force him to be something that he's not. So we have to understand certain people, personalities and makeups before we start putting all this pressure on him. That's not who he is. I, I've seen Zion and he doesn't mind playing, being on a band. He's not trying to be a leader of the band. And he don't want to be Otis Williams. He's good with being part of the temptations. So I'm going to just take it where it is on face value is saying, this is the Zion. I kind of expect it. Zion wants to be a complimentary piece. Zion does not want his own show. He does not want his own band. 
So I think I think Kevin's point. I think Kevin's point. Guys, you know, guys can grow into those roles, though. So I think it's more of a teachable moment than it is. This is just who he is. I mean, he's twenty-one. Um, and you, I can look at certain players across the landscape of the league. Some people say the same; they don't change. And some people grow and become more vocal in their leadership. So I think that this is for me a something I'll pull back into my memory banks in the future at 25 if he's still doing the same stuff. I say, you know what, he's just he's just a complimentary piece. Um and, and also should help us all appreciate LeBron James because it's very rare to have a combination of skill, have the elite skill that so athleticism that LeBron James has, but also package that with leadership qualities, right? So that, that should give us a great appreciation for players like LeBron James because, you know, Kevin Durant isn't that type of guy in terms of a leader. Uh, and that's kind of the issues you see. And, and, and Kyrie, that's kind of some of the issues you see going in Brooklyn and their ability with new players and navigating some of those challenges because I think a stronger leader would have been able to kind of address some of the nonsense of going on in Brooklyn with James Harden and things of that nature, like a LeBron James or a CP, well, obviously CP3 and James Harden had conflict because CP3 was trying to show him this is what you got to do, this is what you got to be. Just worry about your step back, your step back taking <laughs> Joel and B. <laughs> that negative influence. He, Joe, um, James Harden has and B doing travels and so forth. Don't worry about that. But you know what? I have to agree. I do agree that um, we do have to look at um, Zion William at 25, um, donning a, most likely donning another jersey uh, versus him as a young man, a young age. And, and Kelvin is correct. I agree with that. He wasn't the leader. R.J. Barrett, the next number three pick, who oh, dropped 46, um, and who who did they win that game Friday night? Star? No, they didn't. I saw okay, this, uh, so we'll, it's nobody okay. care about points and losses. And, Okay. Any victory, any small victory at this point is needed. Like I said, I don't know why I got the NBA package. It's been torture. <laughs> but to say that, um, I do agree with both of y'all. Um, let's wait till he's mature. He's a young man. And then maybe it's not his character um, to be the leader. Uh, I agree with all points, um, definitely. I respect it. But I think the thing that you said, Kelvin, that that made me think probably the most. And this is, to me, is not even about putting pressure on someone when you said he was a complimentary piece. Now, the Pelicans have gone ahead and started their promo for season tickets for next year, and they don't even have Zion's name on the list of, like, players. Like, they'd be like the C.J. McCollum's, the, the Brandon Ingram's, and Zion's name was left off. I just feel like even though that could be like a common courtesy, like it doesn't have to be like a full blown conversation. Like even at 21, it's just like, yo, you, this is what his, his third year in the league now. It's just like, Hey man, Hey man, glad to have you on the team. Hope we can get some work done. It can literally be something as little as that. No one's asking you to have like a full adult grown conversation and that's something that I'm not expecting from a 21-year-old, even me at 21. Like, even if I don't know you, but it's just like, look, man, we both hoopers. That's one thing that we know, like, before even having, like, a legitimate conversation, if they never had a conversation before. Um, 
but to me it's just like yo like we got common goals like let's see what we can get done and then just go from there but i also think it's 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 interesting that jj had to be the one to say it because jj was zion's teammate before he was sent to the mavericks so to me that says a lot just from him being just like a former teammate because they were teammates for i think two about a year and a half two years so i'm just like maybe jj knows something that that we don't and on top of that that's like your fellow duke guy so he's i guess he's just wanting him to i don't want to say put pressure but to be like hey look this is how you need to do it because right now like i've said it some weeks ago i said we don't even know what's going on with zion like we know he was ramping it up got hurt then they'll be like look he's gonna have to sit out then now we see he's he's working out in Oregon with his the Nike folks. And I mean, it's been crickets ever since until his name popped back up. So I mean, I think ultimately he'll get better. I mean, he got he got that type of like personality to where you could just talk to him just from like interviews that I've seen. So I just think he's just probably like what Evan said, like probably in that mental space. Um, but brother, just 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 keep doing just keep doing the work. We need you back on the court. And I just want to ask this question real quick while it's on my head. Do you believe this Zion and Ja situation is starting to look like Greg Oden and KD if it keeps continuing to go at this particular uh map? Definitely Definitely yes. If if that's the case, right. I don't feel like that'll be the case though. I feel like Zion will come back. I feel like he won't just have an injury play career. Um, but um, so yeah, yeah. So to answer that, but but just going back a little further, what you were saying, I definitely think if we go listen to somebody, it will be JJ Reddick because he has the inside scoop on Duke, and he definitely had the inside scoop being in that locker room. And I wonder this too. Um, not trying to take away from the question, but I wonder if he ever will change his personality. Because for me right now, I think, like you said earlier, Alan, at 21, you can at least say, yo, you know, yo, bro, you know, just, just send an Instagram or, or whatever. What I mean, a tweet, send, send a tweet out. Yo, CJ coming, you know, let's get to work, whatever. But the fact that he didn't do it, believe me, it's people in his camp, people around, people in his family is like, yo, you know, got CJ McCollum. He knows. He just, his personality says, you know, okay. He doesn't really care as much. And I feel like that's the bigger problem that we're going to see here. Jaws is, is established himself as a leader, you know, as a leader on the floor, a leader off the floor. You know, I don't know how old Ja is, but the fact is, it's certain things that's embedded in certain people's personality that just take ownership, you know, take ownership and say, okay, you guys give me the keys. This is responsibility of me getting the keys, whether I'm, whether I'm 19 or 35, you know, they understand certain things is just, just, uh, you know, so certain things is expected of him. So for me, Zion, I'm not I'm not sure if he ever is going to get into the, the driver's seat. I think he's always cool with just being part of the band. So I think that Zion's going to have to get his weight under control. Like, that's going to happen. Zion's going to have to get his weight under control. Uh, we don't necessarily know, you know, the, the all ins and outs of what's happening. But something that Jaws definitely, Jaws definitely ascending. 
uh, Zion is looking like a guy with so much potential. Because when he plays, look, when he plays, he's dominant. The question is, uh, will he ever, ever play? So it's looking more, to me, Zion's looking more like a Joel Embiid situation. Will he ever be able to overcome whatever injuries are ailing him? Uh, and, and and secondly, we don't all, all, also we don't know what else may be going on because I'm just thinking about what Joel Embiid said All Star Weekend when he talked about he came to the league. People talked about how fat he was, how he was a bust. He he had the surgery, re-injured the foot, and never healed properly. Had to get the surgery again. His brother died, and so there's a lot going on. He had he had, had a confrontation with the trainer, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's never going to do this and the third. So I think we have to um, see how Zion. Uh, responds to this adversity, and that will let us know. I don't think he is going to be a career injury guy, but he's definitely going to get his weight under control and do those important things to help him have a long, productive NBA career. Because I think, based on his skill set, he has the propensity to be an MVP caliber player. It's just, it's just whether or not he he'll continue to, you know, he'll he will overcome his biggest demons, which are himself. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely agree. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a great Odin situation. And we're like into like Joe and B, uh, even Steph. Things that 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 um that could be rectified by weight control and strengthening. Um, and I think he'll come back. And like Evan said, on the floor, he is a monster. He is on the monster. Um, they just gotta change a couple of things with technology and all these smart people in NBA. He just got to make sure he lined himself up with those people and get him back on the get him back on the floor. Uh, I don't think that he's his career is going to be shortened if and if like everyone says. And these are experts, NBA players, and even Charles Barkley. He has to get his weight under control. That has to be the number one and thing for him and his desire. So once he does those things, I think he's going to also come forth. And we don't know what's going on behind. You know, so many things may be happening behind the scenes. We don't understand trust issues. We don't know what's going on. So we just, based upon what the information we have, we're in good faith. I'm going to think positive. I'm going to believe that he's going to come back and um, things going to be a little stable for him. And um, he's going to come back better than ever. But, but I do we, agree. I do believe that he's not going to be in the same uniform in the next couple of years. I think he's going to be a different team in a couple of years. But even with that, right, I think it's alarming. I think it's very alarming that you're 21 years old and you can't control your weight. I think that has a lot to do with your personality and your character. Joel Embiid? No, no. Joel Embiid wasn't – he wasn't just – he wasn't putting on 40, 50 pounds like like Zion was. I I don't think it was the same thing. It was 20. Um, and I think there's an intentional approach trying to get Joel Lee to put on weight based on how he came to the league. They thought right. he was a better force as a player, but it got, it got out of control. Oh. Yeah, because his frame, I mean, what's you call frame? Like, Zion looks, he's bigger than uh, Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's a that's a little bit different. Like, centers can play with weight. Joel, he, he got a seven-foot frame, so him having some weight on him is not that bad. Um, Shaq played at 345 and 375. You know what I'm saying? So Joel being 300 pounds, you know, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be to his benefit, but it's not it's not the same thing as a 6'6", 300 pound person. You know what I mean? Trying to play basketball. So I feel like I'm just getting back to the point of who you are as a person. For me, that's that's an alarming sign. If my guy is 19 year old and won't take care of his body, tells me that he is not 
invested in the game like I need him to be. And especially, I can't put him as a focal point in a franchise player if he can't take care of himself. And that's what Zion brings to the table. And that's that's what the hype around him is as a franchise piece. It's hard for me to give him that franchise title if you can't do simple things like take care of your, your business off the court. Can I ask a quick question? Do you keep him or you trade him? I don't think he wants to be there, first of all. And I think he – I think he – so let me get a short answer. I'm Evan get up in. I feel like yes. I feel like yes. I would trade him for the value I can get for him. I would keep him. I would keep him. Um, maybe this is my plantation mindset, but you're not going to bully me like Ben Simmons, right? You're not. You're not going to do that to me. So, and there are questions whether Ben Simmons wanted to benefit from 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 Jump Street as well, right? So, I think you, if you trade him now, you're you're going to get um, nickels on the dollar. So you have to let him get back into shape, uh, demonstrate his ability, and then trade him for real pieces uh, that you can build build with. I think you can. I think with CJ and um, what's that sent uh, the the Brandon forward. Ingram, Brandon Ingram, they could trade him for good pieces. Um, uh, a potential star, and still move forward because <laughs> with CJ and and and, and um, Brandon, you don't you, do you really need a, a person who will take the ball away because Brandon needs yes. the ball in his hand, yes. CJ needs the ball in their hand. I don't think CJ or Brandon or either either of them are alphas. You don't. You, 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 at the end of the day, this is a star driven league. You need to have a superstar. So I don't think Brandon Ingram at this point is a superstar. I mean, he's a really good player. He is, I think. Right now, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, it seems to me he is, um, at best, the number two player on a contender, not the number one player. So I think you only trade Zion if you're able to get a superstar in return. But you have to make sure Zion demonstrates his worth on the front end. And Mm -hmm. then maybe he decides, hey, you know, I actually can be here. I actually like it here. But if not, you can still move him and after he signs his uh, rookie max for a player that uh, is a superstar, has super, either has superstar potential or is a superstar talent. And I'll say too, if you don't have a, if you don't have a dominating point guard, a, a, a ball, a, a general, a floor general, you never going to see Zion at his top, mm-hmm. at his peak. And I feel like with Zion, it's always going to be important to understand. Remember I said this, Zion is best at a complimentary piece. He doesn't want that alpha role. I was about to ask the question, who was the point guard for them? Because I honestly don't know. I think they had uh, Lonzo. Remember they had Lonzo? Yeah, I think they had he Lonzo. Best with Lonzo. Yeah, he was, that was the last one he had. Like, who, who it is now? Uh, it might be Vontae Graham. So, yeah, Graham. Remember they had Holiday, too? Yeah, before, before he got traded. But but I was I was thinking about that, but I was thinking you might. But now, because I'm I'm thinking about who the point guard is. I don't know. I haven't watched enough Pelican games to really answer this question. I'm going to be honest, (laughs) but um, (laughs) but um, like depending on who the point guard like legitimately is, I say there's a chance that you could keep him just for the fact that. 
you have a CJ McCollum. You have basically you have guys who could av- who can really probably average you a total combined 60 points a game, like with Zion playing. So when Stan was the coach, they, the only way Zion could literally get the ball or be effective was to have him be the point guard. Sounds like, oh, him doing that will that, that will keep him in shape. Yeah, but he's still putting all that stress on his knees. If you have if you have someone who's able to to at least put him in spots or whatever, or even like with Zion, I'm like, look, honestly, you don't even necessarily have to run plays for Zion. Zion could just be a more diesel Giannis if he really wanted to. If if you really, if you really think about it, like he can he can do the little things, but also add add some things to his game that even makes him more valuable. So that's that's how I, I'm looking at it at this particular case. But I mean, if you don't want to be there, I mean you keep him like Evan said, you keep him until you can get what you can in return. Now, would it be a superstar? It would be hard to say because what superstar is going to New Orleans? They're not getting no superstar for exactly. Zion. I know they're not. That's why I'm like, <laughs> who's going to New Orleans? Nobody's going to New Orleans. Yeah. So, so I'm just like, that's a football town. It's not a basketball town. The only way you're getting a superstar is if it's to a basketball town, and New Orleans just isn't that place. So, that's what I think about that. But ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another episode of a Lady and Seduce podcast. Make sure that you check us out on the platforms that we post on Facebook and Instagram and wherever you listen to your podcast. We out. Go Philly. Still joking. He's still not playing. He'll never play. And shout out to James <laughs> Harden dropping 27 and demonstrating uh, that he's in a place he wants to be instead of dirty, smelly Brooklyn. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time. <laughs>